meeting is being recorded. It's the most wonderful time of the year. I mean, it's not Christmas, although I was in Kmart the other day and I did see Christmas trees on display. It's September, people. September. That's way too early for Christmas. But what it's not too early for is the start of football back in Australia. Very, very exciting. Christy, we're back. Are we excited? We are excited. Of course we are. No doubt. And to be even more excited about is the fact that we have our very own Outback quarterback, Danny DeGroote, back from her amazingly jealous-inducing European holiday. You're looking very tan and relaxed. How are you? Thank you. Yeah, look, I am so much more relaxed. It was a very um, stressful last, you know, this pretty much this whole year. Um, so it's over and done with now. But yeah, look, uh, it was amazing, amazing experience. Traveling afterwards was the cherry on top. So it was really lovely. I have to say I was living vicariously through you while we were shivering in the cold and you guys were just living it up in the sun. So, so jealous. But now you're back. Uh, and it's time to start, you know, this whole process of football season all over again. Whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. Guys, you know, in case you're joining us for the first time, this is the Women in Gridiron show. I am Stacey Spear and I am joined by Christy Moran and Danny DeGroote. And I guess, guys, I just wanted to kind of fill everyone in about the situation that's going on with our sport at the moment. And, you know, I'm usually not one to outwardly speak badly about the powers that be, but, you know, I'm at that point right now where I've tried so much to get things to happen the women in in our sport for so many years and and kind of the last couple of months has just been hard because we've just come back from the outback history making campaign and here we are thinking that this was the momentum that we needed to launch back in get some participation happening because you know Danny what you guys did over there was truly amazing but we seem to be getting you know stonewalled by the powers that be And, and I reference this to state associations and Gridiron Australia because one we approach Gridiron Australia with options to continue the women's outback program you know looking at um, another camp as a result of not having nationals which again we've said that that's just I mean it feels like negligence that they're not planning for us at all it's you know that's that's where I'm at with this whole thing at the moment we're putting plans, we're putting programs to, to be in place and, you know, to be told that, you know, women's football is a priority for you. It's not a priority for us. It's on a long list of things that we have to do, but it's not a priority. You know, it kind of just, it's just a kick in the teeth. And then you bring that down to state level. And, you know, because there's no nationals, there's no state programs running. So here we are. I message Grenon New South Wales, I email Grenon New South Wales, and I say, look, I think that development still needs to be uh, a priority here. I said, because we don't have nationals, we have a unique opportunity to run a development staggered program that will actually give some value back and try to recruit some girls to have, to have something to aim for. 
when we get back. Oh, look, we're just going to see how the, you know, the women's league goes this year. And then, you know, we'll start conversations. This is, this is not the time to sit back and rest on our laurels because one, we don't have any laurels to rest on. And two, proactivity needs to happen. I mean, guys, are you as frustrated as I am right now? Yeah, look, Stace, um, I'm uber frustrated in the whole um, situation, especially, you know, yeah, coming off the back of, you know, the World Cup where we won our first game, um, everyone's on a high, everyone's ready to, you know, everyone that's been involved in the World Cup's ready to play the season. Everyone that was watching us um, wanting to be involved in this season is ready to play. And then for, you know, Gridiron Australia to say that we're not going to have a women's nationals ne next year was... Um, a massive blow. It was like a big kind of kick in the teeth where you worked so hard to, you know, represent your country or get onto the, get onto even the um, training squad and stuff like that. And then, you know, the people that don't even make it, then they've got, okay, well, I can look forward to state next year, but now there's no state for those people either. So, you know, it's a massive kick in the, kick in the teeth. They, I feel like year after year, we just don't get focused on. We don't get looked at. We kind of get pushed to the side. Um, and I feel like enough is enough. It just needs to, it needs to not happen anymore. Um, and, you know, people like us, we're constantly fighting for, for our sport, for us to play our sport um, at these different levels, no, not just club level. Like we have our own, we have other problems in, um, you know, at club level. We've got problems at, you know, each kind of um, level, but we really need to see that like Gridiron Australia and the States figure everything out so we can actually progress this sport for women off the back end of the good things that are happening for us. But I also think that um, we need to learn our lessons, even just internal to us, regardless of GQ and all of that sort of stuff. And I think because Queensland, we were the first to start and we went up to seven solid teams and had a great competition Um and sure, there probably strategically could have been things, 2020's hindsight, that we do differently. But I think some of the lessons learned is we just didn't succession plan well enough. We didn't. We kind of went, yep, this is our crew. But um, people do move on. It's not a sport that a lot of people can play for a lot of years, myself not included. But, um, you know, people sort of come for for three, five years and then they move on or, or they, you know, have injuries and things like that. So I don't think that we succession planned really well. And I just I just think the the more that we struggle to push to have teams means that people are less and less inclined to put in the effort and therefore they're not committing, therefore, you know, all of that sort of stuff. So I think, I think, it's I just think the culture starts to change a little bit when you're trying yeah. to put teams together because not all of a sudden you don't have a competitive environment. You're like, hey, you, we'll take you. You, you've never played before. Come and play with us. You know, that, exactly. I, and it, that kind of culture does not bode well in our sport where we're supposed to fight together, you know, as a unit. Right now, um, it's uh, in Queensland, we've stripped it right back. We're going way back to, um, to basics. Um, and it's actually a fantastic time for rookies to, that's what I'm selling. It's a fantastic season for rookies to come in and start because we are stripping it right back. It's two teams, um, nine aside, and we've got a lot. We've got to get a lot of rookies in, so there will be a lot of new starters. And that's where I think we're actually having a lot of problems too. Is the team numbers? I think we're. I feel like we're trying to add too many teams potentially into 
each state's league too soon to where, you know, we're what this club's wanting to get a team in this club and then people then people are getting kind of poached from left, right and centre and then it's thinning, thinning out those clubs um, and then you kind of go to trainings and it's kind of like, oh, well, we've only got this many people here. Like, where's this person? Or oh, they've gone here now. Okay, well, we, are we even going to have a team now because we've just lost X amount of players to this team? Um, so I think really like maybe they need to look at possibly capping um, the teams going forward into seasons, whether you get your nomination in to put a team in by a certain date, you don't have that nomination in and we're only having four or five teams or something, then you're done. Um, and also think even capping um, player numbers for each team might even might even help a little it, bit it too. Honestly, with- it honestly just feels like, like, it feels like we're playing a game of chess and we're just continually moving around the same players, but we still have the same amount of players. You know, like, I I don't understand how people don't see the fact that more clubs doesn't necessarily equal better, but there has to be some sort of, like, mathematical equation that you can figure out here that go, this is what's going to keep us balanced, and then these numbers will see us grow. And that's where I'm talking about there's no strategic uh, level here. I mean... Um, you know, it, it just a little bit of strategic planning around, well, what's our predicted recruitment rate? What's our predicted, um, re- you know, uh, 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 retainment? Um, you know, all of that sort of stuff. We don't have any of that or anybody thinking about that because we have people who are just in getting the next thing that needs to be done done. And God bless them because we wouldn't be getting anything at all. But I don't know. It's <laughs> I don't know. It's a, and I'm not the answer. I certainly don't um, haven't got the time or the capacity to do it. I've I've put in a fair bit of time into gridiron and trying to push this. I was saying to Danny, I'm, you know, I feel like I've been pushing stuff up a hill for ten years. I'm tired. Um, a lot of us are getting tired now. The people who've been, you know, holding this banner for a while, our arms are tired, and and it's getting harder and harder and, and even more frustrating. And but damn, I just want to play. I think, I mean, you know, I go back, I reference a conversation that I had um, with uh, Gridiron Australia, Australia a while ago. And I said, look, you know, it seems like women's football is, like, I understand that women's football is not a priority for you guys right now. I get it. I understand. So in which case, just give it over to the people that want to do something about it. I mean, I've, you know, in, in talking with uh, other coaches, like there's so much appetite for women's football. There's been women throwing up their hands saying, how can I help? I want to help. Let's get this off the, off the ground. But, you know, from a Gridiron Australia perspective, I know that there's a lot happening from a governance. You know, they're, they're bringing on new board members. There's there's a lot happening in terms of the organisation. What they've just done with the Jesse Williams camp, I thought was really good. But again, we're, you know, if women were invited to that, it really didn't feel like we were. It wasn't specifically said it was just for men, but again, it wasn't implied as a women come and try to like, you know, it, it, it wasn't, it was the marketing there that kind of threw me. Um, so there's a lot happening, but again, we're not on anyone's radar. So internally as players, we go, well, our governing body doesn't care. Our state bodies don't care. And then we have issues at club level. It's, it just feels like no one cares. Yeah, Stace, um, I, I can I always think about what's been done before we've had, you know, because I we've had men's uh, competition around for decades and decades, right? And I have no doubt that they've gone through peaks and troughs. 
uh, where it's probably been on the brink. And even now, I don't think that, well, certainly not in Queensland, the men's competition is not healthy at all. I think no, they're Same in New South Wales. Yeah. New South Wales, we're looking at six teams in the men's league down here. Ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Two and, teams. And, and, and yet we have the highest um, numbers of Australians watching NFL. So, you know, there are people who know this sport and enjoy this sport, at least from a spectator point of view, and they don't know about that there's the option to play it. They don't even know that there's a men's competition that's been around for decades. But I think this whole resting on your laurels, I'm not sure whether it's that they don't care, but I think previously the, the men have just, they've gone through these these times and just it's just peaked and trucked and it's just um organically just sorted itself out i don't know that they've ever really had to proactively do anything because they had so much more depth than the women's where the women's is like a team without a depth sheet so if we don't do something now we're going to get more and more people leaving we're not you know we're not going to be able to field any teams anywhere um whereas i think they've always been able to to the uh, the men's have more of a regular base um, at the moment in Queensland, and I'm hearing it in other states as well. It's the real diehard people that um, are, are turning up and and pushing this or, or anything at all. Um, and as for the the state and uh, and state national championships and all of those things, I get the feeling that they have this strategy of well, let's work on the little things and then we'll get to the big things. But it's the big things that are the carrots. It is the big things that we are, are selling. And I think my my big thing has always been in this sport and in any amateur sport is we don't necessarily have the right people in the right roles. We have the people that have the time to do it or are willing to do it. Um, so they're not necessarily strategic. They don't think the bigger picture and they're not linking logistics or anything like that. And with clubs, it's whether they're really good at, at recruiting and selling and stealing in some and cases. Retainment, retaining. Retainment and all of that sort of stuff. So it relies on who's good at the, the sales pitch to keep people there. Um, but and without things like nationals and, and so on and so forth, there's nothing really to sell. Like we're trying to sell a car that doesn't exist and it's difficult. It just makes it almost impossible. Yeah, we're trying to sell ice to Eskimos right now. Yeah. That's exactly how we feel. You know, and and oh, yeah, you're completely right. You know, those national events, those those things to look forward to are the carrots and, the, and they are what's been keeping us all going for 10 years now, you know, and to know that there's nothing is just, you know, it's no good. It's no good. However... I digress. That's my frustration. Um, and I don't really know how to fix it aside from uh, just do the best we can with our club seasons and hope that, you know, this we'll see how the women's situation goes, ends well. And I think that the more people that start to get back involved with this sport, um, the more that that has an opportunity to change. Leave no regrets out there. That is what a real champion is made of. We hit. <laughs> If you think it's only a man's game, well, you're sadly mistaken. Football is the exact opposite. Women can be aggressive. They can be physical. If we go and focus a little bit in on JQ, Christy, two teams at Ninerside, Ravens, Raptors. It's been a COVID situation and now we're finally getting to play. 
and I think that's that's the silver lining in all this is that we are getting to play. And you know, for GQ, for Good on uh, Queensland, that's coming up for you guys on the twenty fourth of September, which is just twenty days away. Christy, who who have we got playing in these teams? I, I'm assuming that the you know the girls that we had at Outback have either evenly distributed or or at least are stepping up to play club season. Yeah, so um, quite a few of them were from Ravens, and they've and that that that's where the momentum has kept going. So some of those girls have not, because of COVID, uh, really got to play as much as they're trained. There's been some seasons they've trained and not been able to play. Um, so they're keen, and they and they're the people that will probably take this this on after us. But um, so we have like uh, obviously Cody um, and Dania and uh, Dell as well, and Alex and all of that crew. So um, and obviously uh, with the Raptors, that means there's no Thunder, which was the other team that we it was a usually big numbers, um, and it's great for the Raptors. But again, it it, it may look like that there's a, a club being built up there because Raptors often struggle with their numbers but we're um, stealing from Peter to pay Paul in that there's no thunder and a lot of the thunder girls have gone over um, to the Raptors which is great they're still playing Um, I don't necessarily care where people play uh, but you will see the likes of um, Yana I think will be playing there I'm not sure what uh, Brandy will do but she's been um, a thunder player for a few years so hopefully she'll keep playing there as well um you've also got the likes of Rochelle I'm not sure where she's playing this season she does live a fair way away so it's um a travel thing for her but um these will be the stalwarts that I would love to see that bring up the standard and really with these like I said a lot of rookies coming in um the pressure's off me to teach everybody or the um or the Marissas and and us who have been here forever to teach everybody we've got a few hands to help here so it is it is a good season to really come and join us and um, learn from these veterans and now even more experienced internationally experienced players so it's it's actually got a lot of promise there we just need to capitalize on it yeah and I'm assuming that uh you is we heading up quarterbacking for the uh for the Raptors potentially I assume so um uh I I don't know what Cubis is doing. Um, she tends to make a last-minute decision <laughs> every season, um, but she lives out that way. So Raptors is actually lo- logistically closer for her. Um, so that might be a reason for her to come um, down. But, yeah, so we're trying to keep it pretty even. Um, there will be a lot of experience in there and there will be a lot of rookies. So it would be an interesting one because there will be such a, a variety of experience out there. So it'll be interesting to see how the season goes. And I think, you know, you guys are playing nine man again. You guys haven't played nine man in, I mean, obviously we haven't had COVID, all that sort of stuff, but like you did a season of 11. So back to nine man, back to the basics. I mean, perfect time to get involved. That's for sure. GQ starting 24th September. Get down there. Contact someone. Go do it. For New South Wales, we start officially on the 10th, which is this weekend. However, women have the first week by, so we start the week after, which I think is the 17th, um, which is very exciting. Danny, let's move into New South Wales. We have, for the first time in a very long time, an ACT team in the New South Wales League. You uh, see Stars, your team. Tell us about it. How are we going? Yeah, look, we do. Um, look, we're really, really excited to have a kind of Canberra-based team playing again and back in the Sydney comp. Um, so I know previously I've always enjoyed playing in the Sydney comp whenever I've 
um, had a team to play play um, with there, so that's great. Um, but yeah, look, really excited. Um, we're mostly got rookies at the moment, so that's actually really exciting, and we've got some really really keen ones too. Um, just yeah, it's we're all looking forward to. I think the girls are getting a little bit nervous that it's come up so quickly. Um, myself and Grace Murphy and Danielle Stosik, we missed um, obviously a big big chunk there of around seven weeks of training where we didn't kind of get to see the girls develop and stuff um, through that period. Um, so it was interesting coming back just to kind of see where we're all at and stuff and what everyone's been doing. But um, yeah, it's really exciting that you know UC Stars are going to be having a team in New South Wales comp. We're excited. Yeah, I think it's going to be great to see Grace playing uh, in you know Sydney. She's gonna she's gonna be um, a weapon up here. It's going to be great. Um, notable pickups? Any special rookies that we should keep an eye out on this um, season? We do have some kind of. Um, some returning players from way back in the day that um, will be will be some standouts, which is great. And um, we do have one rookie who I'm really excited to um, see her take the field. Her name is T, so Tiana, so Tiani. Um, I'm really excited to see her play. She can she's someone that can kind of play all over the field a little bit. Um, and she was just um, we kind of got her just off a. Facebook ad which was great so um yeah I'm really excited to see what she can do this season she's super keen so she's probably the main one that I'm most excited um, about at the moment but we do have some good rookies um coming through yeah good I'm stoked I mean extra t- extra teams are always great uh and ACT has always been a, a, a fun fun team to come up against continuing in New South Wales we do have the Central West Giants they have confirmed as a team I actually haven't heard too much from those guys, um, but I'm actually heading out to coach with uh, with them this weekend coming. Uh, we're doing a under-18s clinic, uh, so I'm hopefully going to be catching up with them then. But, you know, from all accounts, you know, they're, they're going to be big. They're going to be dominating. Um, you know, there's going to be a lot of them. They've had a lot of coaches. So I actually think that they could be a little bit of the underdogs this year um, that no one's really expecting. So that would be something interesting to look for. Um Northern Sydney Rebels, notable pickups include Alia Kamali from Central Coast Sharks, Mackenzie Sivia and Kiara Ferrant, out back, running back, um, coming back there. A notable rookie from them is Tip Payton. Uh, I've, again, I'm excellent at long, like long tail recruiting. If I, if I talk to you in four years, you will be playing football. I, unfortunately, sometimes we don't have four years, but, you know, look, this happens. And Tip was, uh, you know, I played flag with Tip for many, many years. And finally, she comes and plays and is moving up or lives up on the northern beaches. So it's just logistically, you know, valid for her to go there. Returning players, they've got, you know, the Outback O-line, Chrissy and Kira. Uh, and then D-line, Brooke and Mary uh, will be big ones. And then the always amazing Pierre Pritchard heading up the Rebels, hoping they are looking to go uh, back-to-back champions uh, this year, which, you know, potentially possible. But I think, you know, the, these new additions with Alia and Mackenzie and Kiara, I think uh, is going to make their team a really interesting one. So they're definitely ones to look out for. You know, uh, UNSW Raiders, uh, notable pickups, Dal McMillan uh, from Outback, D-Line, Ashley Powell uh, from the Ducks, the returning Mississippi Panther crew, they are going to be huge. Uh, and notable rookies I have from them was someone that I've noticed, and her name is Senevia Nelson Sagana, and I apologize so much if uh, that is pronounced wrong, but, uh, you know, she looks like a bit of a weapon rugby league player. Um, and then from us, uh, 
Sydney Uni Lions, we have merged with the Central Coast Sharks. Um, it was, you know, it's been a little bit rough for us. We've had a lot of um, players go, get pregnant, get injured, move away, uh, you know, all of the excuses under the sun. So we weren't actually sure if we were going to have a team, uh, but we've got that uh, that merge happening with Central Coast because I think it's it's really important that we continue to keep giving players the opportunity to play. So for us, it's not really entirely about a championship. It's it's about the development and the continuation of the game. Just wanna, and Danny, just want to throw a spanner in the works here. What's the, and we've talked about it a little bit before, and it's a bit of a shame that our seasons run concurrently, but what's the um, vibe about FIFO, fly-in, fly-out players? You know, I, I know that's worked well and it hasn't worked well in some instances. Yeah. So, look, I didn't mention this just before, but I probably I, I will. Um, it's not that it's undercover or anything like, like that, but um, just totally forgot because that was not in, not in our state, which is really bad. But um, we do have potentially two fly-in, fly-out players um, this season from Victoria. So, Jordan Demizio um, and Christy Turner. So, um, seeing to that their season isn't going ahead in Victoria, they're looking to come hopefully play games as many games as they can with us which we are super super stoked about um so look i am all for the fly in fly out i don't have any problem with it because we want people to play football that's that's my view i don't mind where they go who they play with if they want to stack a team or whatever At the end of the day i want football to grow um in australia and if it means fly in fly out players the more the I mean, we, we saw it happen with Cubis. You know, Cubis was the, the first fly-in, fly-out player over in WA. And, you know, from all accounts from her experience, you know, it, it seemed pretty, you know, I think it's a lot of pressure internally because it's just you until you get to game day or whoever you've got training with you. But, um, you know, I, I don't see it being an issue either. And But, again, you know, this brings me back to the situation that now we've got girls spending upwards of, you know, hundreds of dollars to fly-in, fly-out, to play football when realistically, if I think if there was a little bit more effort on everyone's behalf, then, you know, we could get something happening, but come on, like fly and fly out, excellent for participation, not great for costs. How do you combat that? Not everybody can do it. And, you know, I, I think, again, you come up with that situation of, uh, you know, you stack players with players fly and fly out and, and then, you know, the States come in and go, well, this is the rule. You can only have this amount of, you know, interstate players, et cetera, et cetera. There's just politics that are going to get involved, unfortunately. But fly in, fly out. Perfect. Love it. Can't wait to see Jordan. She's always a great competitor. Uh, that's going to be fun for me. <laughs> yeah, it's really exciting that they, um, that they uh, kind of want to play and that they're committed to um, trying to get some games and stuff. So we're super excited to um, have them. I'm super excited to hopefully deliver them some balls um this season and get some tds with them so that's really exciting um but just on kind of fly in fly out i did have a thought um previously and i was just thinking about it while we we're talking about fly in fly out and um i'm pretty sure we had this conversation while we we're actually overseas in finland at the world cup and we thought we could look at maybe in a couple of years time or maybe next year or so, i don't know when but um it wouldn't it be great to kind of do a women's competition on the east coast where we have two teams from queensland four teams from new south wales a team from ACT, a team from victoria and we play a season a traveling season so they do obviously do it in the states you know you get six kind of regular season games so if we have eight teams you get seven 
regular season games. You split that between having three or four home and three or four or whatever it is away. Um, sort the draw out so it's kind of best for travelling arrangements, whatever. Draw comes out way in advance. So, you know, people can either carpool, let's say, from Victoria to Sydney or northern Sydney to Queensland or, you know, get flights and stuff. Um, and we thought that it could be really, really successful and, yes, a bit more expensive um, cost-wise, but the quality of play um, I think would be increased um, and you'd probably get a lot more fulfilment um, and enjoyment, I feel, play, playing a kind of flying in, travelling on a well, Saturday. I mean, it's, it's not... I mean, I, I think that that rolls into our rapid fire question for tonight, which was actually if you had an idea that would save women's, uh, you know, women's gridiron, what would it be? Hey, we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things. What you need to know tonight. Your apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time for him tonight. We'll get him on the air again soon. Oh, my boss is singing closing time. Maybe that's what you're doing. But yeah, you know, it's not a foreign concept because the uh, because ice hockey do the exact same thing, you know, and I've always compared gridiron with ice hockey in terms of where two American sports equipment costs a bomb. Uh, but that's what they do. So they run their club seasons uh, and then they run, uh, I, I think it's like the Australian Women's Ice Hockey League or, or something like that. But instead of it being a nationals type situation, it's a fly in, fly out state based program. Um, exactly like you were saying. And, and clearly it works over in the States. The issue that I have with it is one, who's going to organize it? Uh, two, costing wise, uh, you know, I think there's plenty of opportunity to get on board sponsors and things like that. So potentially that could work. But I think the biggest thing is getting sign off on it because, you know, we're, like we've said in the past, you know, there's just all of these barriers. Uh, but again, no one is willing to try anything new, you know. We've done the same thing for the last 10 years and it's gotten us nowhere. So what 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 do we do now? But I digress. Things that will change and save women's football, no idea is a bad idea. Moran, have you got a big idea? No. <laughs> I like Danny's idea. <laughs> Just go with Can I steal Danny's idea? Danny, okay, hang on. I got, I got. Um, I've said this before, it's probably a bit um, pie in the sky given where we're at, but I would love um, to, we've now had a few people play internationally um, in other, you know, gridiron competitions and even our Australians team going and making contacts and networks over there. I would love to see us have some international players come in, um, even if just for a season, even if it's... Um, you know, coaching, you know, I know Sammy Grisafi in one time was really keen to come down and, and coach uh, quarterbacks, um, which would have been amazing. I think just um, really lifting the profile and getting some what we would call our, our superstars or our idols or our celebrities in our sport and getting them out here. And they, you know, they all want to come down to Australia. So um, I just think some sort of a, a program where they come and they they share their passion because when you play in America, they do everything big, loud and, and amazing um, and you can't not be in love with the sport after hanging around them for about two seconds. So I think that would be great too. Yeah, there's definitely um, females around in the States and, every, you know, in other countries that definitely do want to come play in Australia. 
Like um, I've, I know of a handful of them already where that would love to. My only issue with that is that our, obviously at the moment, we know that our legs aren't going very well. So how do we sell that to them to where they're actually going to in, hopefully enjoy the season to where it's worth it for them? Um, Even if so that's a, a camp, like uh, something, you know, um, uh, let's start a bit smaller or that just it was just always a great idea that I thought would just be wonderful if we could get it off the off the ground you know yeah, and I think, I think people here in Australia would appreciate it too would love to learn off um, you know other people that have been playing the sport you know in the states from the home from the motherland of football um, so I think everyone would love it and I think, uh, you know, that goes back to representation matters because, you know, in Australia, we don't have anyone to look up to. I mean, Moran, you're probably one of, you know, the big ones up there that people go, Australian gridiron, Christy Moran, running back. Um, you know, but we don't have anyone to look up to. And, and you know, I feel like bringing over players like, uh, you know, like Semi Grasafi would be amazing. Phoebe Schechter get your butt over here, you know, some of those kind of coaches. When Jen Welter came over here, like, you know, loud, proud, you couldn't help but be impressed by her vocality and her passion. Uh, and I think that that's what the players of today need because we all had the opportunity to experience that and that's why we're still here. But, you know, going into things like, you know, I would love to host like a women's football forum, you know, coach a, you know, coaches come in and talk to us about different concepts and talk to us about how to be a coach, talk to us about, you know, what drills to do, how to perform and how we can get better as coaches. Talk to, you know, have sponsors come down, have products come down, you know, just have players from the States, have coaches from the States, just, you know, talk about governance, talk about all the things that matter to us that's going to improve our sport, get them all in the same place and let us go and just experience an expo kind of situation you know and education empower empower us to do more I mean not that I can probably I can't fit any more on my plate right now but empower everyone else to give as much as we are yeah I mean look well we talked about Jesse Williams and we saw with the men that was you know great here especially for the young guys um let's do something that's and you know us as women didn't probably feel as invited or it probably didn't didn't really um, bring women along because uh, imagine uh, a semi-grasafi or, you know, any of these women or any of the girls from Seattle um, come over um, and women teaching women. Well, yeah, (laughs) that would be amazing. That would be amazing. Legit. I mean, and, and, you know, even going past that, you know, thinking about things like the WNFC, thinking about WFA, like, could we potentially get in touch with those guys and, you know, run a combine, you know, and they can come and have a look at what we've got and, and potentially invite some players over, you know, because I feel like that's really the only pathway. I mean, we've heard from Danny, we've heard from everyone that's gone over and played in the States, how much of a worthwhile experience it is. We have the athletes and and they're good enough. You know, the Mississippi Panthers girls just proved that completely. Um you know, maybe there's that's a partnership that, you know, needs to be looked at as well. But again, we can't do any of this because we are just hamstrung right now with, with GA. But I don't think that any idea is a bad idea. And I think that things can be changed if we all have a collective voice. And, and that's what we need to do this season, guys. We need to get out there on the paddock. We need to get these teams filled. We need to, you know, stop thinking about ourselves and our clubs as it is ours and it will be here forever because I promise you it will not be. Our sport may not be here forever and, and it's time to combine and, and be, 
you know, less secretive about how we're, how some clubs are successful and how some clubs aren't, you know, let's figure out what's working and make it work for everybody. You know, our community is so small. We can't be, you know, segregating each other. And like, you know, Christy said, what did you say about paying Peter to someone Piper? What? <laughs> paying, stealing from Peter to pay Paul. There you go. There you go. Right. There you go. You know, our, our community is so small, you know, we, we can't afford to have, you know, teams stacked and other teams crumble and just this constant up and down is no good for anyone's mental health or to plan or to succession plan or to strategic plan. So get out there, get back out in the park, ask girls that aren't coming back why you're not coming back. You know, is it the team? Is it the coach? Give specific reasons because if you have specific reasons and specific feedback, and that's the one thing that I think that I took from that interview that we did with Kelly Hopkins was she took feedback from every player that didn't sign back on the next season. And that's how they made their club really good at recruitment. So I think that that's something that everyone needs to be doing. Granted, I'm guilty of not doing it myself. I probably should. Um, but yeah, let's, let's just get back on the park. Let's have fun. Let's not have not it be about championships, have it just to be about playing football, developing and keeping our sport going because that's what we all need. Guys, this has been a long episode and, and, you know, we had a break last week because we had a lot of stuff going on. So I appreciate everyone, all the listeners there who were expecting an episode last week. But look, and I apologize how uh, negative at somewhat, uh, you know, this episode has sounded. But honestly, it's just coming from a place of passion and frustration. And I'm so glad to be able to play football. I am eternally grateful and eternally blessed that I've come across this sport and that I have friends like Moran and Danny DeGroote here who are more than willing to come and uh, talk with me for hours on a Sunday night to make this sport better. We're going to be back next week. We're going to be jumping straight into, um, we've got one more team to cover in New South Wales before that season starts. Uh, and then from there, we're hopefully going to be able to give you guys updates and previews and matchups and breakdowns from some of these games over the season. So stay tuned. People want to share. Thanks for listening. Um, and again, if you, if we're still lining up, um, players from Outback to be interviewed. Uh, You know, I've got some scheduled in. I need some more. Uh, If you played on Outback, if you have a story, just come on the show. Tell us about it because I guarantee someone else is going to want to hear it. Thanks for listening. Download the episode, subscribe to all the channels, hit the socials, give us a like, tag a mate, and until next week, we will see you guys then. You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. The team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports.